Welcome to 1978 and this week's Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. And I'm Marina Gorski. And this week we're going to discuss The Nice Guys, which is Shane Black's new film, which is described as a mismatched pair of private eyes investigate the apparent suicide of a fading porn star in 1970s Los Angeles. It stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And I enjoyed it. Did you, Marina? I did. Very much so. Right. <laughs> Wasn't what you expected. Um, I didn't know anything about the movie. Really? Yeah, because I didn't want to. But you knew it was in it? I did, yeah, I I didn't know. Um, But I didn't want um, anything to ruin it for me. So I didn't go looking for any, you know, um, summary of what it was or what, you know. I just wanted to go and watch it and I loved it. Did you know it was set in the 70s? Um, No, I didn't. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you you didn't even know it was a buddy movie. It was just a film starring Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And were you familiar with Shane Black? No. The director. Well, you know he did. Well, he's this is his third film director. He did one the Iron Man's. Oh yeah, I saw name. that. Yeah, yeah. Which actually after, because I I looked into all this stuff after I saw the film. Right. Same way I did Money Monster. I looked up all the stuff after I saw the film, um, and when I saw that he did Iron Man, he did two and three. Two. I oh, think did he, did? he did two of them. I think it was the, th- the third one. Okay. And um. Yeah, that made me feel a bit disappointed. But then I was like, no, this is actually his best film. So then, well, to me, is, that I've seen. It's his, it's his, he's only directed one other film, apart from the Iron Man ones, and that was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which you probably haven't seen. No. Have you heard of it? Yes. Um, all right. It's, well, it's very similar. In terms of it's another buddy movie with two mismatched guys on a pursuit of some sort. As is Lethal Weapon, which was his first film as a writer, or certainly his first success as a writer. That's what he's most noted for the Lethal Weapon films. So it is the sort of genre he's very drawn to. Yeah. The buddy movie character of these two cops, or these two, well, it's usually cops of some sort. But I still, um, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is better, but this was wonderful. I yeah. still thoroughly enjoyed this. Like, yeah. I did laugh out loud at a lot of it. And I really liked the chemistry between the two guys. Yeah, but to be honest, I actually thought there wasn't any. Really? And that's the whole film. Yeah, because I don't think like because their characters didn't match. Right. I thought it was I thought they worked like kind of well. And so you kind of can't say that's the chemistry with them. But I actually thought they didn't. Um, their style is completely different. So that's yeah. why I thought like I'd never imagined Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe in the same movie, okay. especially playing these kind of roles. So it's kind of like a but that's what I think worked because they still by the end of the film, they were still completely different <laughs> from each other. And you're kind of like. You know, it was just good. I really, really liked. It. I, I did think though, the daughter was a bit useless. Um, she was a distraction. Like it was really, she was a bit annoying to be honest. 
okay. Well, I As are all that. the other characters I've mentioned in all the other podcasts who yeah, annoy me. There's always an annoying character. Unless you're the main primary focus of the film, they annoy Marina. Yeah. Well, I thought she was very good. I thought she was an interesting character. And the whole thing of uh, she was helping out her dad the whole way a lot. And he was trying to be a good father and restrain, um, reprimanding her and sending her home to do her homework and things like that. And then she would turn up watching a porn film with the star of the film and saying, go away, daddy, I'm busy and something like that. And helping with the investigation. So I thought it was a big, to a certain extent, a bit of a cliche. It was still... She was. I thought she did it very well and was entertaining. I think everything about the film was entertaining. I don't. I couldn't really fault. Yeah. No. Everything was entertaining. Um, I thought. Yeah. Okay. She was okay, but I. I still think she was a bit annoying because it kept coming back to her, and she didn't really bring anything to the story. If anything, she just delayed it. She saved the day a couple of times. I think didn't she? Well, the girl escaped. That Emilia escaped because Because of of her. her. But the whole thing was capture her. Don't let her escape. And then she came back for the bad guy. And she's like, no, you can't let him die. And it was kind of like, uh, go away. Oh, <laughs> right. So you didn't want Russell Crowe to show any mercy or anything like that. You wanted him to be a ruthless killer. And she was yeah. interfering. In yeah, because that guy. The, the okay, kind don't of... give away too much. We've had the spoilerama warning before. Okay. Well, so no, I'm not going to get too so much. So no one dies. Everyone lives happily ever but after. The, or maybe they don't. Sorry. But the but the yeah, maybe they don't. Um <laughs> uh, but the the bad guy that invades his apartment or whatever, he was very annoying as well. I thought his face was annoying. So that's why <laughs> I was like go just kill him. I'm I'm not okay. I'm not I'm not a terrorist right now. Well anything. there was, there were a lot of bad guys in the film, yeah, so we there were. There were actually Well that that's why they were called the nice guys, because that's what singled them out from it. Yeah. Mm. But did you think the 70s were well evoked? Obviously, you don't have much memory. I don't even have memory of the 70s. I don't have a memory of, at all, mate. Okay. I was born in the 90s. So. I don't, I don't remember the 70s that well. My I won't time capsule. My did it feel like it was. I don't know the 1870s, and I, we saw um, Love and. Um, love and friendship which is set in that time and I felt it evoked that period very well so therefore I'm asking of a period you don't know or not personally familiar with did it feel accurate <laughs> it say. did by the kind of actually yes um, because I remember seeing in um, which called those uh, magazines of um, of uh, architectural designs or whatever that house the well all the houses they looked really similar to that, what they would call the 70s kind of style, especially okay. the one that was like modern, the big house, <laughs> the 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 huge one where all everything happened. And oh, where the party is. Yeah. Right. And that well, was really something that someone rich in the 70s would do, yeah. that style kind of a house. So that's why I thought, yeah, it did. Yeah, that they would have thought was really modern. Yeah, and yeah. And the dated and archaic like big yeah. tube televisions yeah and exactly yeah. were well, they huge. trying to look like futuristic or whatever and it yeah. was just well I, that's what I thought that was good because a lot of films that are set in the 70s you have everyone wearing flares and you have everyone wearing big collars and big kipper ties and yeah. they didn't have that at all in this It's it was just accepted like Ryan Gosling sports this very garish moustache but you forget about it after a while It's it wasn't in your face yeah. that this is the 70s what I liked about it was that it, it wasn't presenting the 70s as history because it was saying the people in the 70s, for them, it was modern times. It was the present. 
So therefore, they're not li living in historical artifact. They're living in the real world and therefore presents it from their point yeah. of view. That's what I felt about it. So, I mean, a lot of it was, there was music from the 70s was played now and then. And there was a sort of kitsch atmosphere about it, but never full on, never really labored. The fact it was set in the 70s wasn't a point of the film. It yeah. just was taking place yeah. in the 70s. And I felt that worked very well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I thought it was very good and I really liked um, Ryan Gosling's character. Mm. I thought he was very, he um, went back and forth in the kind of dumb, not dumb yeah. kind of thing, you know, that he was he would be, he screwed everything up at one point and then suddenly it all turned around and he actually didn't screw everything up. Yeah. Do you know that kind of thing? Well, it, it, also when he got drunk, that he's because remember he gets drunk yeah. at the party and goes to interview the mermaids in yeah. the swimming pool. Uh, things like that were again very good for a comic effect and then when he's trying to impress someone by leaning back off the balcony and falls five floors to the ground or whatever yeah. so all that was very common so therefore he is ruining everything and yet, yeah. yes he does recover everything back again yeah no but the, even when I can't really remember the, exactly the scene but I think they were in his house and um, I think it was just after they let Amelia get away or something and the little girl said, you're the worst detective in the world. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and it's like, no, he actually is very good or whatever. It kind of, he kind of, he comes out then like, no, I'm actually the oh, best. Yeah. But, I he says it himself, but he says it himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes a deduction. So, but a few deductions on basis and they're just sitting there listening to him. And then he just says at the end, oh, you see, I'm the best detective in the world or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was it's very clever. Like it is, I think it's very much something Shane Black does. He turns things on its head. So you think everything's going to go pear-shaped, basically, and something like that. And then suddenly everything's all right again. Yeah. And the characters behave differently from what you expect a lot of the time. As particularly illustrated by the 13 year old girl who is very well up on what's going on in the world and is very savvy. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Russell Crowe in it? I liked him. I thought he was... Do you like, like him in general? Um, yeah, I do. Um, mm. I thought he was just a bit... Um, what you call... Um, I think Ryan Gosling was such a, a powerful kind of presence in the film Yeah. that Russell Crowe was kind of like... Well, that, but that's you know. a good point because usually Russell Crowe is Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is a very dominating yeah. person in the film. He's a very dominant person, like a dominant, very strong character in reality as well. Whenever you see him interviewed, he seems to take over the show without intending to. Yeah. It's just his aura, um, and that's what in this film you would expect him to do. That particularly given his character, his character yeah. is this big brooding, violent. Silent yeah, type. but I think because his character is so like straightforward, like he does everything just it's it's just him. It's not like Ryan Gosling when he's uh, you know has his ups and downs throughout the whole film. Yeah, he's kind of more like it stays uh, um, his. Uh, I don't know how to explain. Like it's just his his whole um, personality and his whole. Thing. It's just it's so neutral. He's so neutral throughout the film yeah. in a way. You well, know, it's, like it's his, basically his, what you see is what you get. Yeah, exactly. It's very straightforward. Yeah, yeah. He's not. Yeah. He's not dumb. He like he thinks. Th he thinks things through, and he's very. Um, he just goes and does it. And yeah, the word is probably stolid, which is probably yeah. a word you haven't heard of. It's an old-fashioned word that I haven't heard. Stolid. But stolid, I think, perfectly sums up Russell Crowe. Yeah, there you go. And I thought because I always like I like 
both of them, I think they're both great actors and I've seen them in a number of films. But Ryan Gosling particularly um, has just been consistently excellent in his films. Yeah. And this is a real turnaround for him because I'm so used to him just being the very brooding, quiet type. There's very few lines of dialogue and just look stare into the distance yeah. he's, he's just there to be pretty this. yeah but it was more a case of he's very much in this film he's very much a comic actor and he's I've never seen him do comedy before and he does it very well have I not uh, I can't I, I don't know no but I, I always thought of him as doing these kind of um, soft characters in a way not well, in well you see I'm looking, coming from point of view of Drive yeah I imagine you were only yeah only God forgives and even to a certain extent, the big short. Uh, even in the big, he, he, yeah, but still, he's kind of like, but this, this is what I mean. It's not, it's not like these kind of um, chase films or whatever, you know, this, like yeah. I haven't seen Drive, but okay. I know what it's about or whatever. I've only seen him in the films like romantic comedies or whatever. Like The Notebook. Yeah. And, yeah. but I, I have seen, seen The Notebook. But I have, I have the DVD drive at home we just need to get around and seeing it to watching it Um, but from the films I've seen him I've always seen him as a soft character that doesn't get involved in like very rough stuff and this one and and he's very going to be a revelation to you so oh well then there you go (laughs) I will watch it then Um, but anyway so this this for me was very like it was a surprise and I was really thrilled with it that he was able like even and I have to mention, I'm sorry, but even John, he hates <laughs> Ryan Gosling. And he said, I do not expect this. Okay. Because, I don't know, I th- just think he liked the film. And yeah. he thought it was actually a, a slow beginning to the film. It was very slow at start, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, it I didn't think it made into it. Yeah, I didn't think it made, it made any difference how quick or whatever. You know? Yeah, I can't. I'm just trying to remember how to start because the start is just basically you're introduced to both characters separately. Yeah, like they're not they don't know each other at the start, yeah. and it's just eventually their paths cross, and it takes a while before they start working together. But even that, I didn't mind because you were getting to know the characters, getting to know yeah, how exactly, particularly yeah. like with Russell Crowe because you just find out pretty quickly. His that was basic yeah, flaw, and that was flaw. what was kind of interesting about it. Every time he presented a character, um. It, it had something to do with that the actual plot. He never just left it. Like, the girl no. was a bit useless, I thought. <laughs> this, um, is, this is the daughter again. Again, yeah. This poor um, but the rest of them, I thought, was very... Um, like, Chad, the kid in the bicycle. Um, the bicycle is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, even those kind of jokes that you kind of expect from, like, a, a Will Ferrell movie was actually nicer in this film. Right. Um and just uh, like uh, who else was them? Well, all of them. I just thought like the, the old lady at the start. Yes. Which you kind of forget throughout the movie, and then at the end you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, which well, well, she, she sets it up to affect it. Yeah. She's a catalyst in yeah. it, and she is. I mean, she's she's very comical, but she's not ridiculous. Yeah. Like she has this, as Ryan Gosling himself says, she actually has Coke bottles for glasses. They has these <laughs> really big, thick glasses. And so she could be utterly ridiculous, the character star. But she is, you actually feel for her to a certain extent yeah. because she desperately wants to find out what happened to her niece. And that's not a spoiler, it's there's the start of the film. Um, and then she does appear in the film later on and it's a significant part in it. So they're all, they're all real characters. They're not just ciphers that are thrown yeah. in there to move the plot along. Yeah. And it's not, and they're not name. like extremely over the top. 
no quirky exactly, or whatever it just makes sense to the story yeah i mean they're real they're they have quirky characteristics and so on to a yeah. certain extent and to, for comic effect and to amuse us as we're watching the film but they're still believable it's all plausible they're not just there for effect yeah. it's very good that way no I think it's a very professionally well put together film and yeah. I think that is very much what Shane Black does it's as I said with the Lethal Weapon films and um, with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang which I highly recommend you will love it if you like the nice guys it's okay. very it's very similar and it's it's very again it's Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer so it's two Ooh. very different actors okay. okay which of them do you not like Robert Downey Jr. You don't like him at I all? like him he's good in Iron Man he, okay. he's very arrogant and he can only like when you see it's like it's like George Clooney and um, well yeah just George Clooney <laughs> and um, <laughs> George Clooney and uh, George Clooney. Yeah, I can only George think Clooney of him as an example. But when you watch the film, you're not watching a character, you're watching Robert Downey oh, Jr. Okay. You know that kind of way, and you're watching George Clooney. As George Clooney. Yeah. And so you're watching Robert Downey Jr. as Robert Downey yeah. Jr. when he's in the film. So that's why I'm kind of, I don't yeah, know. I wouldn't say so. Well, that's probably because of Iron Man. Like yeah. before Iron Man, his career was really going downhill. Uh, Which well, to a certain extent. I, I saw him in a film, I can't remember now what the film was. Um, but he was kind of Robert Downey Jr. as well. Okay. Jeez, I can't remember. Might have been Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Imagine, yeah. No. Uh, but what my point was that he, Shane Black, has just consistency. Like, it's similar teams all the way along, as I said, buddy buddy moves. Do you like the Lethal Weapon films at all? I watched, I've watched them ages ago and I got yeah. them all mixed up in my head. Okay. You know they are. In terms of mixed up with each other. Yeah. Oh, well, that's easy to do. They're all pretty much the same. Yeah. But, but at, like, at the but time, like see, it was the eight, late 80s, early 90s. They were very enjoyable films. And this, the first one, I think, still is. It's just now looking back on some of them. They're very, very dated. And they haven't moved well with times. But it's still the same structure of mismatched pairing. Yeah. And Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in that instance. And this is what he keeps doing on that. But he does it very well, I think, in terms of structuring it. And now he's, I think this is a perfect triumph in that regard. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think the film has been that successful. It's been a, har a harsh two weeks for films coming out now. Yeah. I don't think any of the films coming out have been that. No. Other than Me Before You, I think, oh, because people, because, uh, and this has been a huge thing on Facebook that people just... And talking about well, I'm gonna cry or whatever and I keep thinking oh my god these people are literally it. just gonna go to watch it as entertainment like there's nothing in it that appeals it they appeals to an only certain group of people emotion. yeah they want to go and cry yeah um, yeah so I think it's just really aimed for a certain type of audience yeah uh, the ones who read the book and the woman who it's really stereotypical, but the woman who, you know, might just want to go to see a little chick flick or whatever, that, that's yeah. just, you know. Crap. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I would quite agree with that. So, <laughs> so that's me before you covered. <laughs> yeah, this, this there you go. We you didn't even crap. have to see it. No, we don't need to. Um, but back to, <laughs> that sums up our reaction to <laughs> The Nice Guys. We thought it was nice. Yeah. We'd love so to I'll, see more I'll, of I'd it. Give, I'd give an... Eight and a half out of ten. Oh, you're insisting on marking it now. Yes, I, I do. I do insist on that. So eight and eight point five out of ten is Marina's score on the nice guys. Yeah. And I will give it. I thought it was very good. So did I. I'm not going to no, but I'm just not being numeric in the way you are. I don't feel that I have to. So in a scale of a very bad, not good, good, 
Very I good and excellent. Yeah, excellent, mediocre, brilliant, outstanding, optimum, or <laughs> <laughs> platinum. <laughs> we're so using that as our intro. <laughs> uh, no, we're not. Okay, well, thank you, thank you for listening to this latest edition of Spoilerama. I've been Mick Jordan, and I've been Marina Gorski. And join us next time. Thank you. Woo.